I'm Josh Liston from On The Bubble Podcast, an oral history of television fandom, part of the Gunner Geek Network, just like the show you're checking out now. Shows on the network are individually owned and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other awesome geeky shows at gunnergeeknetwork.com. Howdy, stranger. This is Hauser. If things have gone wrong, I'm talking to myself and you've got a wet towel wrapped around your head. Now, whatever your name is, get ready for the big surprise. You are not you. You are me. No shit. All my life, I worked for Mars Intelligence. I did Cohagen's dirty work. But a few weeks ago, I met somebody, a woman, and I learned a few things, like I've been playing for the wrong team. All I can do now is try to make up for it. You see, there's enough shit in here to fuck Cohagen good. Now, unfortunately, if you're listening to this, that means that he has got to me first. And here comes the hard part, old buddy. Now it is all up to you. Great. Everyone and welcome to Smoking and Drinking in Space. This is a sci-fi podcast from a couple guys who think they know sci-fi. And this week we dig through our forgotten memories and review a film about digging through forgotten memories starring Arnold, Sharon Stone, and Michael Ironsides. It's 1990s Total Recall. But first, he's the sarcastic robot cabbie who's dumber than Alexa. It's Rob. How are you doing, Rob? Um, I don't understand that um, reference. Yeah, figures. And that's not a real address. Sure. And he picked Dare in Spin the Bottle and has vowed to never play that game again after being forced to guest on our show from the Cantina cast. It's Jonesy. How are you doing, Jonesy? I'm doing great, man. Thanks for having me back. It's been a while. Yeah, no. Thanks for coming back. It has been a while, hasn't it? Yeah, what I think was the last, last time one? was uh, last War? time. Yeah, Star, Star Wars. Wars, A New Hope, yeah. and Empire Strikes. Oh, Attack of the Clones. I subjected myself to that. Oh, that's right. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Because nobody else would come on and talk about right. it. Just so I could shit all over Obi Wan's beard. Yeah. Everybody else said no. <laughs> they were like, no. Always, do we have to watch that movie? No, thanks. Yeah. You can always depend on me for that. I appreciate it. All right. So, uh, Rob, mm-hmm. you got any news for us this week? I do. Um, First bit of news is, um, uh, in case anybody was worried, I um, I have replaced the heating element in my hot water heater. Nobody was worried. Oh, you should be. That's why we are recording late today. <laughs> See, yeah, yeah. nobody knew that until you just told them how the sausage was made. Yeah, well, you know. Yeah, sometimes you pull the curtain back a little too far, Rob. You just got to inch it back over just a little bit more. That's not what yeah. you said last night. Well, I'm not wearing violet boxers right now, am I? Well, that's that's true. That's true. Yeah, no. All right. So uh, I've only got two news things because, um, yeah, it's a slow day. What? Two? Look, all right. One of them was the fact that I had to change the heating element in my hot water heater, and the hot water heater drain plug was clogged. Um, so it was That's fun. not a news item. Oh, it was new, and it pissed off my uh, wife because she couldn't take a shower. Again, Story not a, a lot more not, interesting. Yeah, not it's a news item. <laughs> now I'm intrigued. All right, fine. Uh, Noel Hawley's long-awaited Alien TV series 
is finally in pre-production at FX. Okay, Not production. So I slightly remember this a little bit, but yeah, is that what yes. it's called, Alien? Um, yeah, it's uh, it's a sequel or prequel to the actual movie um, to the actual movie franchise. Yeah, so uh, let's see, John um, John Landgraf, uh, who is the chairman of FX Content. Um, at uh, and also FX Productions gave an overall update on the uh, 23 series or, or I'm sorry on the upcoming slate of 23 series in 2023 one of those is the status of this alien series um, the alien series will not be coming out in 2023 but it is in pre-production. They're waiting for Holly to finish the uh, fifth season of Fargo uh, before getting started on production of something alien-related. Oh, that's uh, it, awesome that there's going to be a fifth season of Fargo, though. Yeah. I've been yeah, wondering about so, that because it's been like yep, two so, years since the fourth season. Yep. Uh, so apparently uh, apparently Fargo is a thing. It's, it's fifth season's happening. Um, and uh, sometime after that is when Holly will be working on uh, the series. The good news is that all the scripts for the series have been uh, written, read, and reviewed by the studio, so they don't have to worry about that so much. Um, and uh, apparently the production of Fargo is winding down uh, or, or is going to be winding down. Like I guess they've already done a few of the the episodes for the season. Um, so as that winds down and they're getting to the tail end of the production on that, they will uh, kick into high gear uh, in uh, production of Aliens, the TV series, what whatever they're going to call it. I they haven't they haven't said what it's going to be. So how do y'all feel about an alien TV series anyway? I mean, the, the, the movies are so iconic and they've had some, I don't know, hits and misses, I guess, with some of the sequels and some well, of the, the things they've it's, done. It's, Most of those have been misses. Yeah, <laughs> hopefully it's better than, uh, what was that, Prometheus? Uh, because apparently this is happening uh, in, in the timeline. This is happening before, um, before Sigourney Weaver's stuff. Yeah, so normally I would be pretty skeptical about an alien franchise prequel TV series, mm -hmm. but Noah Holly is like awesome. So I, I don't think I've ever watched a, a Noah, Noah Holly movie or TV series that I haven't liked. And he's, he's just a phenomenal story character, storyteller. So I'm, I'm, I'm really excited about it because the alien franchise needs something good to happen to it. It's, it's, too iconic Does of a it? franchise to be shat upon as much as it has been in the last decade. Yeah, but does it does it need a good story? I mean, just stop doing it. No, at this point, you need to like refresh it its back. name. Yeah, to to give it something to go out on. Because if people just remember the the past. Two prequel movies and what two or three sequels that have what, come out? Was, I mean, it's bullshit. What was the other prequel movie other than Prometheus? Uh, there was Prometheus, and then um, oh, oh, Alien. I don't know what that one was called? Oh, 
started with a C, I want to say. Covenant. 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 Alien yeah. Covenant. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Covenant was, was the most frequent one or most yeah. recent one. It was like basically yeah. the sequel to Prometheus and the prequel to Alien. Gotcha. Okay. So I don't remember it. That's how good it was. There wasn't a lot to remember. Right. And that's what I'm saying. I it don't had mean, just I, a spark of this could have actually been good. And yeah, the story writing was just horrible in that one. Maybe there's hope. Oh. I mean, cause even, I mean, with prey coming out for predator that, that gave that franchise a, a much needed boost too. And that prey was actually pretty good. I thought, I haven't, I haven't seen Prey because the last few Predator movies have kind of sucked. Yeah, they were garbage, yeah. But that's where I think it was cool. I mean, it was a fresh take. It was it was different. It was way back in the past. It was completely, you know, devoid of all the other characters and everything you had. And so, I, just a totally different take on it, which I thought was great. And but just I, a different way of getting the, the the character back in on the screen and in a way that people are going to go and appreciate, maybe have some energy and life into the franchise. I think one of the reasons I didn't watch that one is because it seemed like it was predator seal clubbing. I mean, they're, they're going back so far in the past. I right. think they had like muskets. No, it was, it was Indians. Wasn't it? It was bows and arrows. Native, Native Americans. Native Americans. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. so they had bows and arrows and Tomahawks. spears and yeah. An alien going back to hunt a primitive people that, you know, are still basically in the stone age. No, that's well, but I think some of it was like the showing why the predators keep coming back to earth is because they keep finding, and this was a younger, uh, I think a younger warrior on the predator side as well that was trying to, I don't know if it was his first kill or whatever, but I think that was the general idea of it. But also yeah. they just keep coming back to earth and they've been doing this for just thousands of years, which I yeah, think because earth is supposed cool. to be their proving ground, right? Right. Yeah. Hmm. All right. I'm going to watch it. It was let's solid. Hope, yeah, it was really we, solid. Uh, yeah, let's hope we pick it uh, when we do random. <laughs> okay, it's on. It's on you, Jonesy. Well, we have to get through all the rest of the Predator movies before we get to that one. No, we're we're skipping we're on Predator ahead. Two at this point. No, oh, no, we might as well do Prey because it came before all the others. We have I would to do actually chronological order. Predator Two isn't too bad. It's got um, Donald Glover in it. Danny Glover. Danny, Danny Glover. Glover. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, not Donald Glover. He's loose in New York or something like that. L.A. Yeah. L.A., there you go. Yeah, one of the cities. I don't know. They all need to be torched. <laughs> well. All right, what else you got, Rob? All right, so a uh, rocket startup uh, ha- attempted to launch a couple satellites uh, last week and uh, off the coast of Alaska. Yeah, it didn't go so well. Uh-oh. Uh, no, no blowups, uh, but, uh, there was an anomaly and I'm using air quotes because they used quotes. Apparently a anomaly is an air aerospace term for an issue or misstep. I think an anomaly is just, uh, a clear, a, a nice way to say we done fucked up. Aliens. Uh, Aliens. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Um, and, and so the uh, rocket shut down prematurely, so they weren't able to launch. I don't know if this was, I don't know if this was the first time it couldn't have been the first time that they launched because they were trying to launch, um, two small satellites into orbit for Omnitech. Um, that sounds like the plot of a movie. Yeah. Unless, Unless they were trying to recoup some of the cost by getting somebody to slap some satellites on a 
thing. Um, I don't know. So it's, did this ABL Space Systems is the name of the startup? Did this result in like a rapid unplanned disassembly? No, no, it shut down before launch, and uh, uh, we don't know why. Yeah, QX files know. music, right? Da, 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 they don't, da, 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 they don't know why yet. More, more news to come is uh, is what they were saying. We'll we'll let you know. So I was just like, okay, another another failed rocket attempt. You know, but fun times. Anything else? Um, so one last thing. Um, I replaced the uh, God damn the it <laughs> heating element in my hot water heater today. It's not news. No, no, it's news. It's not news. And if it were news, it well, wouldn't be news sci-fi now. news. Well, it could be sci-fi news. You don't know. I mean, me changing a hot water heating element. Um, am I that handy? Did you get, did we you don't get mutant know. powers? <laughs> um, was there I some sort of toxic radiation that came I from did. It? There was a lot of scaling that came exploding out of the hole. Um, and you ate I it, got, of course. I got... Yes, well, it it tasted like candy, and I got tired. It looked like rock candy. I got tired of waiting for the thing to not drain because the drain plug was closed. So I made it drain through the uh, heating element hole. God, that was fun. Is this a gas or an electric? Oh, it's electric, and the power was off. So you you You're forced no a lot of water through where the electronic component or the electric component goes. Well, I mean, no, it, it, you, you screw the heating element in, mm-hmm. you know, and it's got a grommet and everything, and then there's a couple wires that attach to it. Nothing was attached to it when I unscrewed the thing, and then nothing was attached to it as the water came pouring out. But then you attached it back to the electricity. Did you make sure everything was bone dry before you turned it back on? Or It's, it's like slightly damp. It should be fine. <laughs> No, yeah, everything, everything except for the um, insulation. You know, the hot water insulation is is was dried off. Um, the but the hot water insulation isn't touching anything. Um, there's just a flap that's supposed to go up over everything to help you know keep the heat in. Uh, that flap is open, and there's a fan on it all right now, uh, making sure that it gets nice and bone dry so it doesn't mildew. Mm. I'm not, I'm not a total idiot. I flipped the mm. breaker on, ran upstairs, and got ready to, re- to record. So there could be a fire underneath me right now in the garage. I, I don't know. We'll find out. Just listen for the screams. Yeah. Listen yeah. for the screams in the middle of the podcast. Yes. All right. That, that's all I got. I'm sorry. It's, it's been a slow day. All I'll right. find something else. You want me to find something else? Nope. Nope. I'll nope, find no, nope. no, no. Let me no. let me find something else. We're done. We're done. Who's ready for a pod crawl? Uh, all right. Let's do it. Let's do it. We can call it, I don't know, say a pod crawl. The pod crawl. Pod crawl. Pod crawl. Pod crawl. Excellent. Insert it deep. Pod crawl. Kind of like a space suppository full of information. Douglas Quaid is an average Joe with a stunning wife and a desire to visit exotic locales like Mars, but not Saturn because Saturn is for chumps. Since his wife continuously dumps on his Mars vacation plans, Doug decides to take advantage of this new craze of implanted vacations. 
This is basically a way to get all of the memories of a luxury vacation without the headaches of travel on a pizza budget. Doug is upsold to the secret agent package where he will live out his fantasies of being Mars Agent 007, but something goes horribly wrong during the implanting process. Or does it? Anyway, Doug finds out he really is a secret agent and his memories were erased, but the brain butchers at recall knock him back out and wipe that he ever remembered he was wiped. Doug wakes up in a cab heading home without any recollection of what happened and is heading up to his apartment when Harry, his fellow jackhammerer, brings some goons along to try and kill Doug. Turns out Benny was a sleeper agent assigned to keep an eye on Doug in case he started to remember stuff. Doug turns the tables and takes out Harry and the gang and heads up to his apartment now paranoid. His loving wife tells him there's nothing to worry about, just look into the barrel of this gun while I make all the bad things go away. They have a lover's quarrel, and when Doug wins the argument, Lori tells him that they aren't really married, those were implanted memories and how about they bang one last time. Doug sniffs out a setup and runs away as another agency goon squad comes up to see how he's feeling. They chase him for a bit, he gets a mysterious case delivered to him complete with message from his past self telling him that his memory was erased and to use the industrial strength booger picker to grab the biggest nose nugget ever mined. Doug slips away straight to Mars dressed in drag, but goes all diva on the customs guy when he's asked if he's bringing in any fruit. Another quick getaway later, he's checking into the Hilton where he's left himself a brothel recommendation. His regular squeeze, Melina, is both happy and pissed to see him, and he tells her he doesn't remember her which doesn't help. She thinks he's a double agent and an enemy of the resistance, so she tells him to fuck right off. Doug fucks right off back to the hotel where he meets Dr. Recall himself who tells Doug he's trapped in his mind. He's not really a secret agent, he's still in the memory-making machine and his imagination has gone wild. Lori comes in to confirm that she's really worried about him, and please take the red pill and come home and back to jackhammering. Doug isn't convinced, shoots Dr. Braindrain in the head and is brought down by some wall-smashing goons. But as they are dragging him downstairs, Melina shows up and rescues him. They make their way back down to the resistance base while picking up a cabbie named Benny who always happens to be there when they need a ride. Doug gets to meet Quado, the leader of the resistance and a psychic who will tell your fortune for just $4.99 a minute. Quado surfaces Doug's buried memories, and Doug knows what he has to do. He has to give the people the air. There is a big steamer in the center of Mars that will slightly soften the surface, but not so much that it becomes mushy, and with a bit of butter and salt will turn into a delicious side dish for terraforming. However, the agency busts in at that moment thanks to Benny the sleeper agent, and they kill Quado and capture Melina and Doug. Velos, the evil corporate bad guy, lays out his plan. Turns out that Doug, who was Carl before they shook the Etch-a-Sketch, was one of the architects of this whole plan to infiltrate the resistance and kill Quado. And now that Doug has fulfilled his role, Velos wants to bring Carl back, because they were best buds and he misses their bro time. They strap Doug and Melina into brain-scrambling machines, but Doug is really strong and they use really shitty steel in those machines, so he overpowers a large steel bolt and breaks free of his shackles, takes out half a dozen nerds and he and Melina escape. They run to the big steamer, but get stopped on the way by Benny who has traded his cab in for a drilling machine. Doug drills Benny, plays cat and mouse with a bunch of goons and makes his way to the center of Mars Easy Bake Oven. Velos tells him no, he will bomb the place before he lets Doug give the people the air, but Melina shows up and shoots him. However, he still manages to activate the bomb, which Doug throws down the trash chute slash vent opening the area up to Mars atmosphere. They all start to get sucked out like Rob sucking down a fudge round, but Doug activates the steamer before oh, getting sucked outside where they all start puffing up like a Sofakia for some reason. 
The steamer blows its top and shoots gaseous water out into Mars' atmosphere, which somehow makes it breathable, because in the future people breathe water. But after a quick five-minute terraform, Mars has blue skies, everyone inside the Mars pods are breathing easy again, and Rolldug questioning the nature of his reality. Credits. All right, so 1990s Total Recall. Uh, this was based off of a, a Philip K. Dick short story uh, that ran uh, in... You said Dick. Ah, uh, Dick. And we've actually reviewed several of Philip K. Dick's... Um, <laughs> you said Dick again. God damn it, would you shut the fuck up? <laughs> we've actually reviewed several of Philip K. Dick's uh, stories you said turned... It again. Uh, turned sci-fi shows and movies. Uh, so what did you think, uh, Jonesy? We'll, we'll start with you. It's been a while since I've watched this. Actually, I thought it held up fairly well for yeah. a 1990 movie. I yeah. mean, the, the effects still weren't, I mean, they were very 1990, but they weren't bad. It was still very, uh, the, the vibe felt like very Indiana Jones, Jones in some, some kind of ways, like the visuals, but overall still a pretty interesting story and, and fun. I mean, you're the pot crawl hit on the head, you know, creating atmosphere from water. You're just, you still got water. It doesn't create atmosphere in five minutes, but alien technology, it, it solves everything. Well, they were really large heating rods. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. And it was just making the, yeah, it was just going yeah, to well, do steam everywhere. Steam's going to make everything better. It's fine. Yeah. We'll talk about that here in a little bit. Cause I mean, even if you subscribe to the theory that it wasn't actually creating steam, it was hydrolysis. Well, there's still issues with that, but we'll, we'll get to that in a bit. So Rob, what'd you think? Um, yeah. I, I yeah, I liked it. Um, I like this one better than Blade Runner. So what? Yeah. Oh, that is just wrong. Yeah. Well, this yeah. one kept moving. It. I mean, like right. Blade Runner is, is pretty methodical, right? And long. This one for a two-hour movie actually keeps moving. You're like you're never in one spot for too long. Right. Yeah. I mean that that's definitely the difference between Ridley Scott versus um, Peter V or Paul Verhoeven. They're they're yeah. totally two totally different direction styles. Uh, Paul Verhoeven is is much more action oriented. Um, that's not to say that his movies are bad. I love Paul Verhoeven movies, but uh, they are much more action oriented. Where Ridley Scott's are kind of brooding and and very very thinking and methodical. Yeah. yeah. No, I I thought it was good. It it does most of it holds up. You know. Um, you can tell that it is a '90s movie. Uh, the main thing being the uh, the in-your-face um, product placement, that, <laughs> Pepsi that they, logo that they were doing. Pepsi logo. I mean, they had a bunch of stuff in there. Um, Some of that product know, placement was just product placement that was there in the environment that they were sh- they were filming in. So right. they, they shot part of this in Mexico City. Some of those billboards were actual advertisements in mexico city right but i mean still it's a lot of a lot of product placement um you know it reminded me of demolition man uh you know because you know everybody eats at taco bell (laughs) you know (laughs) we had i mean what what really got it is uh you know when the bad guy uh is is threatening you and says in 30 seconds you'll be dead i'll blow this place up and be in be home in time for cornflakes Right. I just who felt f- bad for him. Like, who the who fuck the wants cornflakes? Exactly. Right. Who the fuck eats cornflakes? Especially apparently, if you're rich. Apparently, bad guys do from Mars. Yeah. It just, just, like, just has no holy taste. Bro. I mean, he's, Special K is a, is a much better flake-based uh, uh, cereal. 
So oddly enough, like the, the daily questions you get like on uh, Microsoft Rewards, like it was asking which which cereal is better, Cheerios or Frosted Flakes. I mean, there's clearly only one answer to that, right? Frosted Flakes. I mean, it, it was just it was it, it amused me greatly with all the cereal discussion we've had over the years. No, no, no. Cheerios, Cheerios is better than Cheerios. Frosted Flakes. Oh, no, Frosted Flakes is where it's at. Honey Nut Cheerios. Honey Nut Cheerios is better than both. Yes. I'll eat Honey Nut Cheerios all day long. In fact, I'll be back in a minute. No, no, you won't. <laughs> He'll rummage through the bag, too, just to make sure you get the full effect. Dude, I'm not even going to use the milk. I am just going to handful <laughs> into the bag. Yeah. Now, this is uh, this is a movie that, that I still enjoy, even after, what, 33 years? This movie has been, this movie is 33 years old. Good job with the math. Yeah. Um, so, if it's on, I'll not turn it over. It's, it's, it's one of those movies that I can have on in the background and, and watch every once in a while just to pick up. It's still an entertaining movie. And, and I agree with you, Jonesy, that the, the effects are still, uh, they still hold up. And I think largely in part due to the fact that they're still practical effects. All of this was animatronic. Now you can, you can definitely tell that it's animatronic, especially whenever they do the high def thing. Right. Because they've they've uh, restored these films and and they're now in high def, you can still tell that it's animatronic, but it's not distractingly so. Um, it it doesn't. And at the time, it would have felt like a. I mean, you actually felt like you were watching something from the future back in nineteen ninety. Because really, nineteen ninety is really a late eighties movie still. Sure. From that respect, things hadn't really switched over to you know the mid to late nineties with the with the huge leap in CGI and everything that we got. But sure. Yeah. Yeah, in fact, Marshall Bell, the guy who played uh, George and did the voice for Quato, actually got stopped several times by people asking if he was like a Siamese twin and thought that that was actually part of him. <laughs> yeah. Now, that's what he said. I don't know if that's actually true or not. I mean, it seems kind of outrageous if you think about it for two seconds, but I don't know. The, the, the special yeah. effects were, were pretty good. In fact, the only CGI that I remember reading about in this movie was the x-ray machine that they used. Yeah, that was actually still, I mean, that held up really well, actually. Yeah, yeah it didn't look too bad. Didn't yeah, it didn't look bad at all. I, I really, I would really worry about going through a machine like that, though. I mean, because that back wall looked like it had a lot of uh, x-rays coming through. Yeah, because it was all... It looked like all that, that whole back wall was nothing but an X-ray machine. That's that back wall would have had to have been nothing but yeah. an X-ray machine. Yeah, that's a lot of power. I think something else I liked is that the uh, the costume design didn't feel dated. It didn't feel like a late '80s, early '90s movie. Like the the costumes actually felt still, I don't know, realistic for what they were doing. I mean, the kind of the khaki look and the the overshirt. So it wasn't anything egregious. Yeah, yeah it's right. it, it wasn't. It wasn't like they were trying to make it future but then you know by keep making the 80s it, in there <laughs> yeah by, by making it future you've dated yourself you know right. type of deal so they just kind of went with a a generic you know hey we're on mars we don't change what we wear on mars right i mean you still got some of that with like the at the brothel you know the really well, yeah. brightly colored things and you know but yeah again you have a lot more well, flexibility that's just, on some of that they're just the, that's just the hookers peacocking you know because you want to <laughs> get you want to get picked you just wanted to say cock. Now, really, well, the you've been saying dick the whole time. The really the only thing that you could really tell as far as costuming from uh, 
from the movie that it was from the the 90s or from the late 80s early 90s was one the hair the hair was definitely oh, early yeah, 90s hairdos uh but the the aerobics workout gear that she was using so that that unitard that she did with the the leggings that was definitely 90s oh, yeah. wear right there with the scrunched up sock legging things yeah 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 you know uh, so and that reminds me you know the um the the news the tv um the 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 tv wall thing that they had in the apartment i thought that was pretty cool um you, you know as far as it being part of the wall you know we've seen that before but the 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 I would assume that that's CGI or, or compositing at the very least. Probably compositing, probably like yeah, yeah, probably green screen. screen. Yeah. yeah, green screen, blue screen, whatever it was back then. But, but I mean, we've we've seen that in movies before well, yeah. this one too, because they did that in Back to the Future too. Right, but I thought it, I thought it looked pretty good. You know, it wasn't it wasn't overtly obvious that it was imposed on you know superimposed on their um, type of deal. You know, it looked, they did did a pretty good job of melding it together. But it was odd that they kept that. They had like that in the home, but like in the buses and things like that, they still had the CRT. Yeah, they had <laughs> that, was, that was the only thing that kind of, yeah, it was really high tech lab, but they've got a CRT for a monitor. It's right. like, okay. Yeah. I thought we could have, uh, we could have done a little bit on this, but yeah, the effects budget was probably pretty high. Yeah. But that, I guess my only complaint like effects wise was, I'm guessing it was probably blue screen back then. Uh, but some of the blue screen on Mars was pretty rough, but again, trying to do red, like yep. that really orangish red is so difficult and you know, with your subjects, especially with, with paler, you know, humans, you know, Caucasians in particular, it's really tough to get that right. So your color correction and that was kind of a mess, but other than that, pretty good. Yeah. Especially whenever they were in Cohagen's office and he had that big wall behind yeah. him, that was a window into Mars and it was like a, a deep red. Cause I guess it was supposed to be close to night. That was really telling. You could definitely tell that was a, a composite or he was standing in front of a green screen because the green screen was kind of bleeding into his silhouette. Um, so Arnold Schwarzenegger was the main character in this. He actually wanted to do this role with uh, Peter Verhoeven because he liked uh, RoboCop. He, uh, he really liked what Verhoeven did with RoboCop. He was not the first person to be cast for this role. Um, really? I think, uh, yeah, so Patrick Swayze actually had it before he did. This was actually starting to film in Australia, and then uh, the production company that was filming it at the time uh, went bankrupt. That was De Laurentiis's company. So this was at the time that De Laurentiis' company uh, went bankrupt and I got sold off to uh, oh the production company that actually did it, which was no, uh, Carol Co. Pictures. Oh, yeah. It was distributed by TriStar. It was uh, produced by Carol Co. So Arnold Schwarzenegger convinced Carol Co. to actually buy the production rights for this movie. And they, they started filming it again in Mexico city where uh, eventually everybody got sick except for Arnold and uh, one other person because they didn't drink the water because <laughs> Arnold had gotten sick on predator uh, from drinking the tap water. So he had learned his lesson. He had learned his lesson. Yeah. yeah he's like <laughs> Montezuma's <laughs> revenge for him. Um, but yeah, so he uh, he wanted to do it with Verhoeven because of RoboCop, but yeah, it was um, 
Patrick Swayze before him. Uh, the role was also uh, floated to Jeff Bridges. In fact, the the Doug's career was actually as an accountant before uh, Arnold took over the role, and then they switched it over to uh, his his construction role. Because whenever. having guns as an accountant is just unheard of. That's overkill. Yeah. 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 It fits with his character a little bit yeah, better. I, to, I like, to be. I like though that, and that reminds me, I like how they, um, you know, you know, his buddy is using the jackhammer and it's just shaking the shit out of him. And Arnold's just over there going, what? You know, it's like, <laughs> it's not even moving. Well, and, and I think everybody wanted to see Arnold with, uh, his Guns. muscles vibrating with. Hey, you get the gun show, man. Yeah. yeah. Well, that was really the only time, because it really was. Well, yeah, he had, time, a, he had, he had a shirt on, on most of the time, a shirt yeah. or a jacket on. Yeah. Well, there there was the scene in bed that morning well, that, before he went to work. Look, that was like thirty seconds after the film started, though. Oh, he, he was, was naked in bed too. Totally yeah. nude. Oh, yeah, he was. yeah. Yeah, he bent over and there was no undies underneath there. Yeah. I don't know if I was laying next to Sharon Stone, I'd probably be sleeping naked too. Well, I mean, if the script calls for her to jump on you, I mean, if you could get a happy accident, that'd be awesome. (laughs) I tell you what, she was a little horn dog. Yes, she was. So what would you think about somebody like, I I just can't see Patrick Swayze in this role. No, he would have been, uh, yeah, it would have been a totally different yeah. movie. And Jeff Bridges, too, would have been just totally different. And, and I thought this role really fit Arnold so well because he, I mean, just he kind of that lovable, laughable, it, like the accent and stuff. It just, he, he plays that, it, like, I don't understand. Like, it just doesn't make sense to me for, for whatever reason with the accent that comes through. It just works yeah, a little bit better, you know? And plus, you, I mean, he's, you look at him, you're like, you're, you're the specimen of a human being. And yet you don't, you know, you don't know that you're capable of this whole spy life. So I, I thought it worked. I mean, this is like tip. I mean, this is like Arnold heyday too, right? The early nineties sure. here. And so it was absolutely perfect for him, but I couldn't imagine anybody else in the, in this role, to be honest with you. Yeah, I, I couldn't Jeff Bridges. I can kind of see, but it would be a different movie. I don't think it would be nearly as action oriented. Um, I think it would be more or, of a or feats of strength. No, yeah, no, not feats of strength. It definitely wouldn't be putting his physique on on screen. Um, Patrick Swayze could have pulled off a more action oriented role, but I just don't see I don't see Patrick Swayze having the demeanor that this role would take because I think it does need sort of this kind of uh, jovial but. I don't know. It's just the look. I don't. I, Arnold Schwarzenegger is not known for his acting chops. I think he does fine, and I think he's become a much better actor throughout his uh, acting career than he was, you know, back in the beginning when he was doing things like Conan. Right. But he's never been, you know, somebody that you would go to as as a great like character actor, right? Right. And a role like this just fits him, though. You can step in, you can be active, you can be physical. Right. But they were a little heavy on the one liners, I think, on some of it. They were trying to, uh, they were trying to get that aspect of him to come out, but the delivery just wasn't quite there. Sure. Uh, but they were trying, though. He'd refine that a little bit later with like T2 and, and Terminator and all that. But Well, T2 didn't come out much after this. It was the next year that this came out. 
Now, True Lies came out a few years after that, and I think he really nailed that role too. Yeah, I think that's probably my favorite role of him actually is True Lies. Right. I mean, he like actually switches it over and goes into spy mode and actually has all the. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. He's playing like two totally different people there. Yeah. Oh, I was I was looking here to see um, uh, his filmography, uh, just to see where it kind of landed in in the in the grand scheme of things. So he had done he had done uh, you know Conan and all that kind of crap, um, Terminator in eighty four, mm-hmm. Predator eighty seven. Uh, he did so he did Twins, which is kind of interesting, which is a comedy in eighty eight. So, yeah, but you know, that wasn't. Great. No, but you know, it was you know, Danny was, DeVito. It was Arnold Schwarzenegger. It was yeah. kind of funny. It was, the, I didn't really enjoy the premise that much, but yeah. kindergarten cop right after that, which, you know, we, we got his second famous line after getting the chopper. Um, it was, it's not a Tuma. Right. Yeah. So it actually was kind of a cute movie. That one yeah, was. Kid, yeah. Yeah. I liked kindergarten. Cop. But again, he was pretty stiff in that movie too. Well, oh, absolutely. Was, I mean, he was still a, what was he, a cop? Yeah. So, I mean, he was well, still supposed to be. I think it, wait, it played, again, it was, was like one of those roles this? that worked for him too. Like, cause he, you don't expect him to have emotion. He's trying to deal with children. So it's absolutely, it's like, who else are you going to have in there? That's a complete stiff otherwise. <laughs> yeah. um, you know, so yeah. So true last action hero, Terminator two, true lies. So yeah, this was like right when he was starting to get better. Um, then he took a misstep with Batman and Robin. Oh, that was just an awful movie all around. Many, yeah. many people took missteps with that movie. Yes. Yeah. The Schumacher era Batman movies were just awful. All right. So let's get to, uh, some of the special effects because I know that Rob is just dying to talk about three boobs, three so boobs, <laughs> get it out of your system, Rob. No, I'm good. Whatever. Yeah. Benny got to play with him. So, yeah. Yeah. That was I kind mean, of an awkward scene though, wasn't it? It, it, it? it was. Yeah. But everything with Benny was kind of awkward. So did it, was anybody surprised that Benny was a double agent? No, he seemed, he seemed too, um, there too conveniently there. Yeah. He was always there when it was, when he was needed. Hey, I'm a taxi driver. I'm going to lead you directly to where you need to go. I'm not going to drop you off and try try to get another fare. I'm going to get out of my car. I'm going to walk you through the crowd. We're going to, and I'm going to point you right there. And then I'm going to sit out here and I'm just going to wait for you. Yeah. yeah that didn't seem suspicious at all. Well, right, but it was so, also early nineties. Like a part of me was like, okay, this is just convenience. This is how they do movies back then. It's always the same person over and over and over with the cab. So I didn't think too much about it actually uh, up front until I think there was, it, it was probably one of the things you just mentioned, Rob, where it was like, okay, that was a little too convenient. So something's definitely up here, but uh, I mean, I've seen the movie a bunch of times, so I knew that, but it still, it wasn't, I mean, given that he was an alien too, it seemed, it didn't make sense that he would be a, a double agent. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it was the, the fact that. that he was a mutant. Yeah. Mutant. Right. But then, but then you get the, the shootout scenes, you know, and he's literally standing in the middle of everything and doesn't get touched. You know, so it, it was kind of like, uh, you know, I know, and I know in action scenes in the 90s, yeah, you know, you, the, the heroes don't get touched, but, but still it was, it was really obvious. You can attribute that to plot armor. Um, but 
And you can attribute the the fact that he stick, stuck around whenever Arnold went in to go talk to Molina that, you know, uh, Doug gave him a fat stack of cash. And so he was going to stick around in case he needed a ride anyplace else so he could get another fat stack of cash. Well, he had exactly. three kids to feed. Five. Four. Oh, shit. Five, you guys six, found niner. <laughs> um, Damn it. Can't yeah. get my story right. Right. Um no, so yeah, it was he was a little bit too convenient, and I kind of sniffed that out. I think even the the first time that I I saw this movie. So here's a question: Do you think this actually happened per se in the movie, or do you think it was all a dream? Do you think he was stuck in the machine, or this was no. just the memory implant, or do you think it happened? No, I think I think it happened. You do? Why? Um, just, just because I think, <laughs> I think it happened. I mean, okay. So, so if it had, okay, I would be, I would be more questionable on whether or not I thought it happened. If the movie was, was shown from Quaid's perspective. For the most part it was, but they kept switching over to the bad guys or to the other stuff. And, and and so at that point in time, I'm thinking, okay, it's not, you know, if I, I would think that if you're trying to really show, um, uh, trying to really pull one over on the fact that uh, this might be just in your head, everything would be not from the perspective necessarily, but it would only be showing stuff that is happening around your main guy and okay. not, necess- not necessarily, you know, Ironside getting uh, uh, told, told off to, to shut up and do your job type of deal or, or the wife calling somebody and saying, you know, he found out, you know, that kind of deal. Okay. That's, that's what I would think. So it would have been more like Truman Show, basically. Yeah, yeah, more or less. Yeah, I think I think something else though. If they were to, if they wanted to do that mind trip on the audience, they would have had something at the very end that would have made you question, like, was it all real or not? I think they were kind of doing that throughout, but the way that they left it off, it pretty much solidified for me that it was all actually it actually happened. Well, but they did leave something at the end, right? So they, did they? yeah. So the very last line is. Do you think this is all a dream? She asks him, do you think this is all a dream? Or he says, I just had a horrible thought. What if this is all a dream? And then she says, kiss me, me. kiss me before you wake up. And then they fade to white, which is unusual because most movies fade to black. Right. And the fact that they foreshadowed a lot of what was going to happen at the end of the movie throughout the movie. So whenever he first goes into uh, the machine, uh, the first time he goes to Total Recall or to Recall, they um, they're they're putting in the program right, and then the doctor goes, "Oh, a uh, uh, blue sky Mars, that's new," which foreshadows that Mars is going to have a, a breathable at- atmosphere at the end of the movie. Um, the salesman says that. By the time your vacation is over, you will have saved the planet, gotten the girl, and killed all the bad guys, which happened at by the end of the movie. And the fact that when Dr. Recall came back to tell him 
uh, to try to convince him to take the red pill, he basically told him exactly what was going to happen in the third act. He told him that he was going to end up, um, you know, being the actual bad guy, that the walls were going to break down around him, which happened immediately after he shot him in the head. And uh, what was the third thing he said? Oh, what was the third thing? Something about like, well, he was going to be in psychosis, but. Yeah, he was going to be in psychosis, but there was a third thing that he said that ended up coming true. And I can't think of it right off the top of my head. What was that? Oh, give me a sec. Oh, he's going to have visions of an alien civilization. Which he did whenever he had um, Watto dig in his mind to surface his memories. Yeah, so, but he was he was thinking about alien civilization, aliens, and things like that when he went into Recall. You know, they were showing him pictures of that stuff. Okay, right, and presumably the doctor knew what. I think the doctor knew exactly what he was. Oh, the doctor was. Yeah, yeah, the doctor was in on it. Yeah, exactly. But I, I mean that that all leads the one to the that, wiped it. that all leads to the fact that it it very well could have still been he could have still been in the machine. No, I think the doctor was in on it, and he's the one that wiped him originally and knew about the plan. Oh, you think so? Oh yeah. Why? Yeah. Why not? He seemed he seemed shady. <laughs> he seemed shady. Well, you oh, seem yeah. shady too, but I don't think well, you've got didn't... any kind of sinister master plan that you're a part of. Well, then it's working. Um, see, I but, will say this though, Jason. I think when, when you think about why they kept him alive, that would make a lot more sense than I just wanted my friend back, basically. <laughs> like that we were BFFs and we wiped his brain. So that there's a lot of questions and a lot of credibility to, the, <laughs> to use what you're saying. They could have all still been a dream because that was all pretty weak from the very beginning about why would they keep him alive? Why would they you know, continue to do all of this stuff? It was just his friend. He yeah, wanted to res- yeah, he wanted to bring him back at some point anyway. Well, you know. and it, but it did it it, it kind of made sense that they're trying to keep him alive if if you if you believe the reason why he got wiped in the first place. They were trying to get a way for him to get infiltrated or or get into to infiltrate the resistance to right. kill what's his face. So you, right, you know, but it, after after he's infiltrated the resistance and. Look, done his job what what's the point of risking keeping well, him alive he's a he's the guy's having a party his best friend looks like that you know he's going to be pulling chicks oh so hoping, he's hoping so, to get a little side action he's, he's hoping to play wingman and, and uh, wingman sloppy seconds thirds whatever but he's, the dude had he money he didn't need any of that he just they all flocked to him anyway true yeah that's only because he uh, he controlled the air. That part is very true as well. Yeah. When you control the air, you control Mars. Well, that's true. Now, okay, so who are the aliens? What we, happened to yeah. the aliens? Yeah, we don't know. They didn't. They didn't go back to that part. Right, but I mean, yeah, they built this big giant thing and never like started it up, or that's maybe a, they have to. Yeah. That's a good they question. Have to put their hand. Why would aliens need oxygen? Maybe they breathe oxygen. Maybe they breathe water, Maybe. and that's why it was a giant <laughs> yeah, steam engine true. instead of instead that's of really oxygen. What they needed. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. Was like a, one big sauna. 
So that's that's the other thing that I mean, there well, are some quabbles that I've definitely got with this movie, and that's that's probably the largest one is that uh, steaming up a bunch of water into water vapor and throwing that into Mars's atmosphere is going to terraform the planet. That's just not what's going to happen. Well, at right, the very least, especially since Mars's electromagnetic field, I think is dwindling over time, so it can't even sustain it's a, gone. an atmosphere anyway. It's yeah, it's it's. Pretty much all the way gone, and even what little is left is not possible for you know, for being right. habitable. Right. So, well, yeah, solar winds are just going to basically blow that atmosphere out into space anyway. Right. Not only that, but you blow a bunch of Mars is really cold. It doesn't have enough atmosphere to hold heat. You blow right. a bunch of steam out in the air; it's going to come down as snow. But I well, mean, this was also back. I mean, the, you think about the '90s, though. It was also a time where Mars seemed like a an actual legitimate path for humans to go and populate right it was right. it was kind of in that craze too of the 80s and 90s where mars seemed like it was something that we would actually something that would be attainable or achievable especially as ozone layer and then and those the types like the pollution and stuff started to really take hold in the united states and across the across the globe in particular but let's let's just for the sake of argument say that it wasn't just steaming up a bunch of ice into the, the atmosphere, they were actually using hydrolysis where they're actually separating the hydrogen from the oxygen. That's going to lead to an, another huge problem that if anybody lights up a cigarette outside, they're going to blow up the planet. Right, yeah. Yeah, and you have no vegetation either, right? So how Earth did it, of course, was through microorganisms and actually processing of all of it and actually you know creating an ecosystem effectively. Right. And right. there's nothing. I mean, Mars is barren, so there's nothing to you know keep that cycle going. So... Yep. A, a, a volcano of, of steam, again, you're just venting at that point. There's nowhere for it to actually be trapped and do anything with. But Look, yeah. Just uh, don't worry about that. That's that's for the the, the next generation of Martians <laughs> to, to deal with. Right now, Start you know, planting hey, they trees can, now. They can breathe. That's all that matters. Uh, breathe. Uh, it looks like uh, rainfall is going to start happening. when there, Where there's rain, there's grass. Because that's how grass is made. Yeah, it is. True. Yeah. Well, yeah. It'll be green. There will be green dirt. Green dirt <laughs> everywhere. Yeah. All right. So, what quabbles do y'all have? All right. Signal goes through the walls. Concrete, all kinds of stuff. I'm talking about the nose booger, um, but can be blocked by a wet towel. <laughs> right. So are you telling me that every time the dude took a shower and dried himself off, they lost the signal? I don't think they were trying to track him that closely at that point. Yeah, because they had Lori there, so she could visually have eyes on him all the time. Yeah, but still, still. Go through concrete, go through walls, you know, head range like crazy. But uh, the minute you put a wet towel on, nope, it's all over. And can you really get something that large through your nose hole? I mean, I know Arnold's got huge nostrils, but damn. I don't think he has that nostrils big. that big. That, yeah. No, I don't think so. That's Yeah, that was pretty big. It was kind of I mean, a cool look up, looking puppet that they did with that, though. I mean, that would, that would I would think you would have headaches for days having something that large in your forehead. So having had like sinus and nose surgeries... They can pack a lot of shit up there. Right. <laughs> okay. That's true. It's a it's an empty cavity. 
Especially if you don't have a brain. Especially, yeah. So wow, that was could, mean. <laughs> I didn't say it was for him. And you're talking you're about just Arnold. Just, I'm offended uh, for Arnold now. Oh, okay, okay. I don't think I had any real quabbles with this, though. I, I think, I mean, most of it was. I mean, the it was still, you know, kind of loosely oriented around you know an idea around Mars and all of that. So you take a lot of it with a grain of salt. Sure. Um, so I didn't really, there was nothing really stuck out to me though. That was just like bad. I mean, Michael Ironside, you know, sneering every five seconds, just being Michael Ironside. As right. Richter. I think the only thing that really bothered me was his little, his little sidekick. And I, I don't remember his <laughs> name, but oh my gosh, he was like the worst. I mean, he would, he'd go by me, like slap him on the back, you know, and you know, run by him. He was like super excited about everything. You know, with, with his red dot, like his one part, his one part of uh, being important was just he chasing cared. his red dot. But Michael like, Champion. Okay, he was a, he was absolutely worthless though. Yeah, his his character's name was Helm. But that the Helm, actor okay. is Michael Champion. Hmm. Yeah, I wasn't impressed with that guy. The other the other issue that I had is, you you know you're on Mars. Um, depressurization is 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 a thing. It's very much a thing that could happen. Apparently, I mean, they they had the forethought to think about it. Wouldn't you have that kind of stuff on like an auto safety type of deal and not like, Oh, I've got to hit a red button clear across the room yeah. to seal a corridor. And then on top of that, on top of that, why weren't they using bulletproof glass? Why, why were they using real glass? Well, because yeah, that would have been made more sense that not have it all the way down, like floor to ceiling. Right. But- or someone could actually run into it. But they why made did they have several, real guns? <laughs> they, they, they made several references in the movie that, um, uh, what's his face? Uh, oh, my God. Copenhagen? Yeah, Copenhagen or whatever the fuck his name is. Um, he had been cutting corners on the dome. In fact, one of the, one of the reasons that the, the mutants happened is because he didn't use glass that filtered out the, the enough UV rays, and so that caused mutations. So you can, you can explain away why they didn't use like bulletproof glass or, or really thick glass on the dome, as those were part of his cost-cutting measures so he could pocket the rest. Okay. All right. But, okay, so would... If you were to, so you got the dome protecting you from the outside. Um, if you were digging into the ground, that wouldn't be pressurized, right? Wait, because say that again. If you were if, digging a mine or what have you, you know, uh-huh. uh, you got you got rock around you. That wouldn't be pressurized. Like, I mean, that wouldn't be able to hold hold air wouldn't be airtight it wouldn't be airtight right because i mean because things are going to leach that a dream of yours rob what to be airtight oh man i I just wish i was tight it'd make it'd make uh, nights with jason so much more fun (laughs) (laughs) oh my god um yeah i mean maybe thing that was the the hilton hospital or hilton hospital hilton hotel like, why was it a safe haven? There was explosions all over it, too. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, the whole, I think that was pretty much just product placement. 
I think uh, they they needed some place for him to to hang out and find the next clue to wherever he needed to go. So let's put him in a hotel because he spent like a total of what five minutes there. He went there, uh, looked at the safety deposit box, got the clue that he needed, and went and saw Melina. And then when and he, he went, went back, back, the doctor intercepted him, and then he has a big hole in his his room, so he's not going to get his uh, deposit back. Right. But even when I think when they left the hotel the first time, like there was explosions, and everything in the lobby or in the, you know, wherever all the traffic is. But then like when they got out of all of the mess, they were like, all right, well, let's go back to, I got to go back to the hotel. Take me back to the hotel. Like it was some safe haven. And I was like, no, that's where all the shit happened in the first place. <laughs> the battle right. between the rebels and the, you know, and Copenhagen's folks and all of that. So it was just kind of a weird, it was just kind of a gap there of like, why would they go back to a place that's clearly not safe? Right. But I mean, I guess where else are you going to go? Like you said, you needed a place for all that other stuff to happen, but still it was a little, again, kind of convenient, but it was just a little nitpick. Yeah. The only other real quabbles that I had was the real time communications between Mars and earth. Um, it takes also the future. It is the future, but you know, unless subspace relays. Subspace relays. Okay. So I guess we can write it off as some kind of mysterious future tech that can go faster than the speed of light. That's fine. Subspace relays. But the it's probably built by aliens too. <laughs> but the, the the fact that they're they blew up like a bullfrog whenever they were outside in Mars <laughs> atmosphere, that was a little extreme. That that, well, that wouldn't it, have happened. It was more dramatic though that way, yeah. Yeah, because yeah. it also depends on who you are on how long it takes. Right. If like you're if you're Cohagen, then it, it doesn't take very long. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We had very thin skin because he's older. Oh, is that what it is? I don't know. Maybe possible. All right. Well, final thoughts. Um, now that I've watched this again, I want to watch the other one and uh, see which one's better. I've only seen the other one once. Yeah, I've only seen it once myself, I believe. Yeah. Oh, the one that came out, the Total Recall that came out like in 2012. Yeah. 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 The one with Colin Farrell. Yeah. And I remember really liking it. That one was bad, though. I remember really liking it, but I think I may be biased because that's got both uh, Jessica Beale and, um, uh, oh my God, who plays the, the brunette in that one? Oh, we're going to have to look. Yeah. Oh, re- research on the fly. Research on the fly. Um, she, she did the uh, the vampire Jessica, werewolves thing. Uh, Jessica Biel, uh, Kate Beckinsale. Kate Beckinsale. God, why couldn't I remember yeah. her name? She is so hot. <sighs> yeah. So Kate Beckinsale and Jessica Biel were in that. So Still that may have. So um, that may have shaded my opinion of that movie. I've never seen it. I saw the, the ratings on it were like 30% or something for, I don't know if that was Rotten Tomatoes or whatever, but. Wow, 31% for Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, yeah I don't think go. it did very well either. Um, 198 million on a one, uh, 125 box uh, budget. Mm, yeah, so it didn't, it didn't make its money back. Yeah. Like it, Colin Farrell's an interesting choice for a newer one though. Like a Jeremy Renner I could see in that kind of role would be pretty good. Well, this was back when Colin Farrell was doing a little more action too. Right. Yeah. Kind of back in his prime. Yeah. Yeah. Jeremy Renner would play really well in that role though. All right. 
So, Rob, you got a haiku for us this week? I do. Um, this one is uh, this one is titled "A Good Time." Three-breasted hooker, you can motorboat with friends. Sharing is caring. <laughs> God, uh, you're awful, awful, awful. Anybody got awards? I wrote that before even watching the movie. Did you do that while working on your water heater? No, no, I, I, I actually, I wrote that, uh, probably like four days ago. Um, oh, wow. while I was driving home, I was like, okay, three breasted hooker. That's five syllables. All right. Now what can I do? Motorboating. Perfect. It like it wrote itself. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm surprised Benny didn't try to motorboat. Oh, he didn't like- have time. Oh, that's true. He that seems was, like that, that guy, though. That was next. He was he was fondling them to to see to see what kind of action he was going to get out of them, and then the next thing was going to be motorboating. That's in the um, that's in the director's cut. <laughs> it's in the Rob edition. Sure. All right. Who's got awards? I do. Yeah, I've got a few awards here. All right, Jonesy. Who's got your black long? I gave it to Johnny Cab. Uh, because with the explosion, <laughs> he's just fried to a crisp, and he's uh, he's having a pretty he's having a pretty rough day there. But there was really no smoking, I think, in this whole movie. No, I didn't see any drinking in this. I didn't really see a whole lot of drinking in this movie either. I mean, some in the in the bar, but but no, yeah. When the when the cab crashes and Johnny Cab is just there lighting himself on fire, and his tongue is kind of semi sticking out. Yeah, Johnny Cab. And so it was Robert R- Roberto Picardo that actually did the voice for Johnny Cab. And it kind of looks like him too. I think they they based the look off of right, yeah, um, of the Johnny Cab off of Robert Picardo. Rob, uh, you know, I didn't, I didn't really go any direction, so I guess it's going to go to Doc Cottle. Okay, this one because there wasn't any really smoking, and I didn't even, I didn't even think about Johnny Cab. That would that would have been a good one. Um, um, yeah, and I didn't want to use like oxygen clouds that just you know, <laughs> mars mars gets the black lung poor guy uh no mars wouldn't get the black lung because they banned smoking on mars right you couldn't you couldn't smoke anywhere on mars that yeah, was he it i'm was, talking about just because of the oxygen clouds oh yeah yeah the the steam yeah. vent the cloud mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. um yeah it was interesting that there were no smoking scenes or nobody was smoking in the actual on in the scenes on earth either. So that was, that was interesting. I guess mine will go to doc Cottle as well. Yeah. All right. So Jonesy, who's got your head lush? I didn't have one uh, because I don't, I don't, I didn't really see anybody getting totally plastered or wasted. Okay. So honorary Richard Dawson. Yep, Richard Dawson. All right, Rob. I just gave mine to the bar patrons at the the Hooker Motel. Um, yeah, bar patrons are going to get mine too. Yeah, there was there was stuff around, and the bar was advertising Killian's Red. So, yeah, I'll give it to the bar. I figure everybody there, or at least some people there, are drinking Killian. So, yeah. All right, Jonesy, who's got your player? I gave it to Richter's tongue. For what he does to Sharon Stone, to Lori, when he shoves his tongue in her mouth, it was like really <laughs> grotesque and nasty. 
And I was like, I don't ever want that to happen to me ever. Please like, don't No, dear wait. Michael Ironside, learn to f- learn to shove your tongue in a woman's mouth, please. Wait, wait. That was disturbing. Wait, you, d- you don't want Ironside's tongue to get shoved in your mouth or nope. you don't want or anybody Sharon- else's Rob. I don't even want that for you. You don't want Sharon Stone's tongue shoved. No, in your I will mouth? take hers. But I didn't want Michael Ironside's though. Okay. Okay. Because that was just disgusting looking. Well, maybe like his tongue got all like puffy tips. and like round and stuff. I've heard, this is the this is the thing I remember most about this movie was Michael Ironside's grotesque, like shoving his tongue into Sharon Stone's mouth. Man. When she was done, she probably needed like a napkin. <laughs> probably. Uh, Rob, um, I gave mine to Arnold because three minutes in, and she was bang- he was banging Sharon Stone. Well, yeah, but they were supposed to be married. That's not Still, really an accomplishment. Uh, yeah, but I mean, yeah, I mean, and Lori was sitting there, I just fought and everything, and she, she was, was trying to jump on him after. Yeah, <laughs> I think she liked what he had. Well, she was buying time, but yeah, not no, not that morning, not that. Oh, morning. right, yeah, yeah, that's yeah, what that I'm time. talking about. I think about, she was you know? trying she to was distract all... him from his dreams of Mars. Okay, maybe. Still, give it to him. All right. Uh, so mine is going to go to uh, Melina. So basically she hasn't seen him for years. Um, she like basically shoves him away, but convinces him to come back whenever she rescues him from certain death after he gets uh, captured at the hotel. Okay. All right. So Jonesy, who's got your purple hippo? I mean, the obvious one is Quaid, I guess, because he is just on a complete mind trip the entire time. He doesn't know what's real and what's not real. So that was the easier one, but also like Quado and the Quado's host. Right. And when that guy, like when he came out, man, he was like, like he was just in total la la land. Right. Like, he, he can't only really work. He can't operate three brains. He can only operate two at a time. And if Quado's there, then the other head's got to take a second. I mean, it's like, which one's going to dominate? It's got to be the lower head with Quado. Yeah. And it looked so. like he was. I don't know, like having an orgasm or something whenever he turned around to open his shirt. Is right. it I mean, that if, I, painful if I had to, to look at that every shirt? time I got in the shower, I'd be a little bit freaked out too, probably. Because uh, he was a, uh, the look, voice alone like creeped me out. Yeah, it doesn't look like he showered much. That was, Quado uh, was pretty, pretty well, part of the resistance, man. Yeah. They, don't, they don't have the luxuries of life, Rob. Well, yeah, but it's Mars. I mean, it's a it's, revolution, man. Well, maybe they Mars. shower it's, with KY. It's, it's dry and oh, sandy. Oh, god damn it. And it gets everywhere. Nobody prompted you for that. You're tr- you're trying too hard. I, nobody needs to prompt. <laughs> All right, Rob, who's got your purple hippo? I I went with Quaid uh for the whole, you know, is it a dream, is it not type of deal throughout the entire movie. Okay. So mine's actually going to go to Hauser. Okay. So Hauser volunteered to have his entire identity wiped away, knowing that there was a chance that he would die and never come back. Or as it turned out, his new alter ego basically took over. Body snatcher. Yeah. So he, he basically wiped himself out, but Think about what would happen, what would go through your head 
to to make that decision. So you want to infiltrate this resistance uh, group. And the way that you've determined to do it is to wipe out your entire personality in the hopes that eventually you'll come back and they'll unearth your your latent memories. But what happens if those memories aren't able to be recovered? Well, I, I mean, think you're, you're, you're basically destroying maybe, yourself at that point. Well, maybe they downloaded his memories. I don't, we're just going to plant them back in. I mean, maybe. Yeah. I don't know. I think he's a, uh, yeah, I, I agree with you. I think he's a little off his rocker to do that, but I guess you'd never know the difference. <laughs> I, guess, still white. I guess you'd just I mean, be, yeah, uh, you just wouldn't exist anymore, but I mean, still it's got to be a head trip to even consider that and sit down in the chair to, to, to make that happen. Right. I mean, and for him to be like, so just co- so carefree with it, take care of that body, buddy. I'm right. counting on you. You know, it, it was really odd. Yeah. I do have an honorable mention though for, uh, for, uh, for the head trip. And it's going to go to, uh, to Richter, uh, whenever I think it was Helm made a comment that basically suggested that Quaid was a better in, was better in bed with Lori <laughs> and maybe she liked it better. And he looked at him and was like, what? So, yeah, that's one way to mess with your head if you're a dude. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that would be a head trip too to have your wife sit in as as the wife of another dude as part of her job. Yeah, I mean, and how long was that job supposed to be? I mean, how long was the duration of it? So, I mean, yeah, but I guess they'd only been indefinite. together a few months at that point. Yeah, I guess until he had infiltrated infiltrated the resistance and and gotten his personality back. But it had been a year, and and the events the timeline had been pushed forward because of of shit that happened so apparently it was supposed to be a lot longer of a time period interesting yeah because he he didn't have plans to activate them yet all right well it is time to pick our next movie and just so that we have somebody to blame jonesy oh great this is why i showed up was just to pick a number you also get to say stop. Yeah. Oh, I do. Oh, why? Do, wait. Why do you? If you pick a number, why do you say stop? Well, because I'm I'm randomizing the the numbers. Yeah. So so there's so a it's double number. random. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, I got gotcha. you. Yeah. There's a random uh, uh, decimal, and then he sorts it, and then you pick a number there based off of that sort. Yeah. Right. And if I if I recall from some earlier episodes, you go to four decimal places, right, Rob? Uh, it's, it's more than that sometimes. Oh, okay. I thought it was the minimum. All right, well, I'm going to go with 31. You're going to go with 31. Okay. I didn't even have to give you a range. You just That's came between prepared. 100 and 150. Yeah, 152. Was... Uh, somebody that truly listens to our show, he knows. How many are on mine? Oh, I have no I mean, idea. What do you mean? How many are on yours? Actually, it's about 100, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. All right, well, now let me know, we know when to stop. Jonesy doesn't watch our show or listen to Stop. I was just telling Rob to stop. I didn't mean, I keep going, keep going. (laughs) No, wait, stop. No, wait, for real this time. Stop. Holy shit. You picked 31, right? Yeah, you're welcome, Rob. (laughs) (laughs) Holy shit. We're watching uh, 
The suspense Pray. is killing me. All right. Well, we're watching Prey. Awesome. Next episode, we will be reviewing the movie where the Predator returns to Earth, this time to stake a claim on the war-torn streets of dystopian Los Angeles. <laughs> what the hell? I swear to God. <laughs> That's wow. how it turned out. Uh, this stars Danny Glover, Gary Busey, and Kevin Peter Hall. This is 1990's Predator 2. Wait. Asking you shall receive. Yeah. Holy shit. That is some funny shit. That is is, fucking uh, hilarious. I think this was planned. No, I swear to God, you open up the file right there, and 31 is Predator series. Hmm. Interesting. Well, at least you're getting a decent movie, though. True. It's not the worst, yeah. I mean, it's it's, it's not a bad movie. I've only seen it maybe twice, but... I do remember it's it's not too bad. So I'm pulling, pulling it up now. <laughs> I'm looking. I'm going up here. Number thirty-one. Holy crap! It is Predator series, and and Jason's in it right now editing. Nope. Wait, why did you just sort it? I didn't. Why did you just change it to say Predator series number thirty? Why does it go twenty-nine to thirty, thirty-seven, thirty-one? You're an idiot. Mm-hmm. I'm giving Rob my Purple Hippo award. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I I'm think just trying so. To de- I'm trying to derail his outro. Yeah. I think it's working. All right, well, that's all we've got for this week. Our intro and outro music is Welcome Home by Cambo. Podcrawl music is Snack Mix, My Machette. If you like the show, please rate and review it. God damn it. If you like the show, please rate and review us on iTunes. You can leave us a feedback on our Discord channel at smokinganddrinkinginspace.com forward slash Discord. On Twitter at Sadis underscore podcast or email us at smokinganddrinkinginspace.outlook.com. If you'd like to throw a few nickels our way, you can become a Patreon supporter by going to smokinganddrinkinginspace.com forward slash Patreon and visit Gunna Geek for more great shows and other great works at gunnageek.com. For this episode, I'm Jason. Get in the chopper. Oh, wait. Um, movie. It's not a tumor. <laughs> no, wait. Oh, thank oh, you very oh, much, Jonesy, for letting us, or for volunteering your time to... Uh, Rob violate my life yeah, for mm, an hour. Yeah. For uh, being on the show. Where can we find you at? Hour? You can find us over at Cantina Cast. We do Star Wars uh, podcasts and live streams, so cantinacast.com. Appreciate it. And we'll talk to everybody next episode. Right, 1990s Total Recall. So this hold, is... Uh, hold on a second. Hold on. I got to turn you back up. Okay, there we go. Your pod crawl was um, clipping hard. Really? Yeah, it it sounded like uh, it was screaming into the mic. Because I haven't changed that at all. Those were the people downstairs trying to get away from the fire. <laughs> right. Is that what it was?